Yo, what's going on everybody? This is your boy Cole Jackson. We're here with another artist spotlight. We have another um, artist here from Birmingham, Alabama. Go ahead and introduce yourself, brother. Yeah, what's going on, people? My man, uh, Cole brought me in. I'm G.I. G.I. Magus. Um, my here in Birmingham, hip-hop, uh, authenticity. That's all I do. Well, who could blame them when they see us on the screen? Pants sagging and bragging about the drugs that we sling. Or the drugs that we smoke. Cars that we drive. Guns that we tote. Tote. To earth as I envision the sky Escaping these fake brothers that think that I lose sleep Cause they eager to choose beef but have trouble picking the side They double dip in the side It's dope man cause we're here at T-Bones over here on 5 Point South man Black owned um, I'm loving the vibe. This is my first time here, yeah. um, and I, I love it here already, man. It's dope. Man, it's a dope spot, man. I um, always try to, like, when I have meetings and stuff with people, random places, I, I always be like, yo, let's go to T. Because I like to patronize black businesses, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like being in here. It's a dope atmosphere. It's a cold, cool little spot, and uh, the food is crazy. Yeah, I got to get something after the interview. You already you, yeah. you, you munch it down, so that's Couldn't cool. wait, man. Couldn't wait. <laughs> so, let me open up real quick, man, and tell, tell everybody a quick story about how I met G.I., which was really crazy because I went to uh, Cut Dogs Lobotomist. Yeah. And I was there, like, super early, and G.I. was actually there walking around, and we kind of introduced each other, and I, I actually said something really stupid. I was like, you were like, Club Buster? And he was like, no, dude, I'm from G.I., and I was like, now I feel stupid. <laughs> And um, you opened up that show yeah. that night, and um, man, I really, really enjoyed uh, your music, man, that night, man. It was a, it was a dope situation. Man. Appreciate it, man. Just trying to, um, I don't know, man, just uh, do more of that. I'm trying to get out and do more shows now. I kind of took a hiatus from doing a lot of uh, live shows right. over the last year, um, but I'm trying to get back out there and do more of that stuff. I've just been honing a new sound and trying to figure out like where I want to be with that, but starting to get in that groove and right. get out there and do some more stuff here coming up. So. Well, thank you for taking time out to actually sit down with us, man. And I appreciate you letting me come through. Yeah. Yo, it's, it's good, man. It's good. Good situation. So, let's get it started, man. Um, so I read that you wanted to do hip hop at the age of thirteen. Yeah. What was the influence to get you started in that? Like, what made you want to want to go out and like do that? So honestly, it was my man, the real Joe Clark, that got me involved in doing hip hop. I um, we grew up together, and um, he was the one that kind of encouraged me to say, "Yo, you know what I'm saying?" Like, he didn't he he saw the charisma, and I you know I was always writing poetry, and so he was just like, "Yo, man, you should just try to you know." put that together on the beat and let's go out here and do some stuff so we you know started doing that when we were super young yeah. and he kind of just kind of pushed me in that direction it's been yeah. lovely ever since yeah joe clark is a, is a cool guy too i mean him yeah. and a couple of bottom mixes too i like his music as well yeah dope dope, dope artist man yeah. so what was it like growing up what, like what, what kind of hip-hop artists were you listening to when you was growing up when you started this journey at 13 who yeah. are you listening to honestly man because i grew up in the church you know i was listening to a lot of christian artists that were doing hip-hop man like there's a group called the cross movement uh, from up north like, I don't know why, I just always gravitated to lyrics. So, you know, like, I was listening to, like, New York artists. Like, I was listening to um, Jay. I was listening to Big. I was listening to Wu-Tang. It was, yeah. like, a big thing. Uh, Talib Kweli was yeah. a big artist for me. 
when I was younger, still is. There's a monster on the mic. Um, I was listening to Roots, you know, like so I just like like lyricists. But then when I got into the Southern flavor, I was still like in the Dungeon Family. You know, I was listening to uh, Outkast and uh, you know that whole situation. There. So that's that kind of who I came up with. Yeah. You can tell in some of your music, some of the you know, influence, like the Talib Kweli, that's the, to me, that's the closest comparison I could put you to. Yeah. As far as like lyrically, like you, you, you got some really, really good rhymes, man. Um, so, when you were growing up and you were trying to move forward with hip hop, what, what motivated you the most? Like what was, what, was your, what was your main motivation when you started doing this? Like, I honestly, and it still is a big motivation for me, it's like, trying to reach people with the messages, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really want people to hear a song, um, hear a message that I'm putting out there and make them think differently about something, you know? I just like bringing perspectives. Um, I'm, I'm always, like, having conversations with people about stuff and we might get into a debate or whatever, and uh, I want to make sure that I'm able to articulate point. Like, I always feel like I'm writing essays sometimes when I'm writing rhymes. Right. So, that's what it ends up sounding like with my music, but like that just became my my platform to talk about whatever the situation was. Right. Um, so it's always been my motivation to just positivity, put positivity out there in the universe, and, and make people think, man, when I'm trying to spit stuff. You know. Right. That's good, man. That's good stuff, man. That's, that's what I like about your music too, man. There's no negative conversation in there at all. Yeah. Like you actually like real positive, man. <laughs> Um, so tell me what it's like to be in Birmingham, Alabama and be a hip-hop artist. Um, it's cool, like, just because I feel like people, is, you get a negative stigma about Birmingham a lot just because it's not a larger market. And people feel like, oh, you can't blow up in Birmingham, it's, you know, people crabs in the rear, all that crazy stuff. Like, I, I tell people all the time, like, I've lived in other places. I've lived in Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? I've been out there in that market, and it's not really different. Like, the only difference is, like, the looks that you, you could possibly get. But everything comes back down to the same thing. If you can't cultivate an audience, it doesn't matter where you go. Right. You know, if you are if you a small fish, you're a small fish. It doesn't matter how big the pond is, right. you feel me? So, like, I love Birmingham just because... Uh, I feel like Birmingham is in a position, especially right now, to be on the cusp of something big. So I'd rather like help create something than just like add mine to like another collage of somebody else's stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I just love where we are right now. Artistically, I feel like we've got a very diverse sound here. Um, so it allows you to be able to get in where you fit in and do what you do. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I actually love being here from Birmingham. You know, I think it's a, it's a wonderful place to be. Yeah, it, the scene is, is big here, and a lot of people from um, from other places don't really understand how big the hip hop scene here is. And it's not the same type of artist here either. Like there are way different type of artists, and there's so many different levels. I think uh, a lot of people from outside the state should understand. I grew up in Cali, man, so yeah, you know what I'm saying. When it comes to our local artists, we love them. Like give them as much love as we possibly can. So it's 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 a good thing, man. So. As far as like your audience, who is your audience as far as your music is made for? Like, who do you make music for? That's something I'm redefining right now. Like, I used to, um, like, I wanted to kind of get in there with like the, the hip hop, hip hop folks, you know what I'm saying? But like, musically, I think I'm coming out of that, like, where it's gotta be like, I'm not so boom bapping. Like, if you listen to my older stuff, it's all like, you know what I'm saying? Like, head nod, like, it's that. Right. And now I'm, I'm putting a little bit more bounce in there now. I'm trying to get more into like a soulful feel. Um, right. And so 
the audience is maturing with me, you know what I'm saying? As I get older, I'm, I'm making more mature sounds, so it's going to be a more mature music for like a mature hip-hop listener. Okay. Um, if you into like kind of clubbish stuff, like I probably am not the dude for you, you know what I'm saying? Um, but mature hip-hop listener who really likes to get down with the lyrics but has like, and likes a soulful feel, then you'll, you'll love the stuff that I'm coming up with now. Yeah. 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 So, have you ever tried to get on terrestrial radio as far as like 95.7 or 104.1 or any of those? Yeah, man, I, plenty of times. Um, but again, <laughs> I don't make, I don't really make radio singles, so yeah. it's, it's been difficult. But I actually got my first look um, on radio, on terrestrial radio, back when I was doing like more gospel rap. Like I used to get played all the time on the gospel stuff. Yeah. But like, like um, just recently, um, my song "Go Home." has been getting played on the homegrown stuff here. Right. Like the, where they play like a local artist or whatever. Um, the DJ that spins that stuff kind of like that joint. And um, he's been, been playing that a little bit now. So I'm actually starting to get some terrestrial spins from that. Uh, I got some other looks in some other markets that I'm working on right now too. So. For people who are, who are doing that terrestrial radio around or, or trying to, kind of tell them what the process is like. Like go through that process. Like is, is it hard? Is it, what? I mean, what is that like? It's definitely not easy, man. Like DJs are like anybody else, you know what I'm saying? They have picks and chooses of what they like personally, you know what I'm saying? So like if your record doesn't appeal to them, they're not gonna spin, you know. So you really it's about relationship building with the DJ. Um, sometimes it, it is a payola situation. I've never personally paid to play, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it, it it happens, you know. Um, but really, it's about creating the demand before you approach the DJ and have him understand that if you're going to get that spin or he's going to give you that spin, someone's yeah. going to want to listen. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's one thing that I've, I've been working on more and more is like creating the demand myself. And yeah. then they have, they have no choice but to pay attention to it. You know? um, and then, too, it's about the quality of the sound. Like, they're not going to play no garbage. Especially on terrestrial radio. Like, you might get some looks on, like, some other avenues of like podcasts or something like that where they just like you know it don't really matter how because it's coming over a different sound quality yeah terrestrial has got to be a one yeah um, so yeah, that makes a big difference too yeah. that's the thing man and then like for us um, we might came we actually when you sent me that the, the kick that flow joint i was like i'm putting it up period don't matter we're good you know what i'm saying like we're we're, we're like a platform for people who want to get their music out there as well and don't have the, the different situations as far as payola and all that other stuff right we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna put you out and definitely appreciate that kind of stuff too man because every audience matters you know what i'm saying like, and so having some place where you know you can go to and at least get appreciated it's, it means the world to so artists like myself who don't necessarily get that appreciation in other places. So, yeah. Yeah. so uh, I read that you were part of a group called the Battle Cats. Yeah. Tell me about that group. Talk about that. That was my, my man, a real Joe Clark, myself, um, Dean Priest. So it evolved a lot. Like we first started out with just me and Joe Clark, just us two. Right. Then uh, a couple of our other friends came on who don't even rap anymore. Um, the group had ballooned up. I told you we was Wu-Tang heads. We had ballooned up to have like eight people in the crew. Oh, yeah. I was saying? being Wu-Tang for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At one point, we was really deep like that. And then, uh, we whittled back down to like five. 
and then it came to Ford, and then like the closest it is right now, like me, Dean Priest, and, and Real Joe Clark, we still get together every now and then and do stuff, so it's really kind of just us three now. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's been, even been my voice forever, you know what I'm saying, like since, since before rap, you know what I'm saying, like we was in children's church at like eight years old, you know right. what I'm saying, kicking, so it's been, right. been that long. So did, 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 did Joe Clark come to you and say, hey, let's put this group together, or, or when, how did that, how did you guys form the battle cast, like how did this... It was just kind of an organic thing, man. Like I said, we hung out together and we always talked about music and like we would sit around like rightfully we would sit around and um we would do this thing where we would pass a notebook, right? So you would write your line and then like you pass it to the next dude and he would write a line after that. It was like four or five of us and we would just be passing that notebook around doing that, you know what I'm saying? And uh like people just mutual love of music and wanting to go out and do stuff we just started rapping together and then we was like we need to make this a thing you know so we just came up with a name for it we went through a comp we was like we first started with the kool-aid crew <laughs> kool-aid we was young you know what i'm saying so the kool-aid crew was about like having multiple flavors like we had different styles of artists that were doing different things so it's like we was the kool-aid crew right um so then we became battle cats um some years later, once we started to like really like we were going out and doing shows for real places, yeah. we was like, no, we need like a, a name, you know what I'm saying? Like, so um, it kind of came from a thing of like um, Thundercats. So, yeah. uh, not Thundercats, excuse me. Um, he Man, that's what it was. It was He Man. So, you know, He Man had um, a bat yeah, yeah, Battle Cat. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that was like a transformation into like, you know, he was kind of like the humble, kind of chill dude, but then you get us out there on stage, it's a whole different situation. That's tight. So, that's where that came from. Yeah. I like that, man. So, being in a group, uh, was it how competitive was it as far as? It's always you competitive. Know. Super competitive. Like, even though they're your boys, like, you're not trying to have a weak verse on the song. You know what I'm right. saying? So, like, when the song comes, it's like, yo, I don't want to be that dude where people be like, man. Skip his verse, so I don't even really want to hear him rap. I'm waiting on such a, like you want to be that dude that everybody verse waiting for it to come on. Right. So it's always been, but it's like it's it's a good competition. It's like a you know it makes you better being with those other guys. So it like helps to cultivate like your skills and um and you and you you, you get different vibes too. Like me as a solo artist right now, I create in a certain way and. Um, but like getting the vibe with other people, like it makes you do stuff you wouldn't typically do because they vibe in a whole different like mental space. Right. So it, it, it brings a different level of creativity out of you as well. So Yeah, you would think being in a group everybody's gonna try to outright the other person or, or like, yo, I'm about to kill it, I'm about to kill it tonight and you be left in the background. I mean, but it's it, it's competitive, but like once you get together, you know what I'm saying, out there on, on the on the stage or when you get together on the track, like you rooting for that dude to do well. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like you want like nobody wants the other guy to be whack. You just don't want to be the whack dude. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like not killing me, bro. Like you're <laughs> not gonna do that. You know? Right. So did you guys do any any projects together as as, as the battle case? Yeah man, we um we had like like six projects, man. Um, so we did like our very first album back in like, I think 2009, 2008, something like that. Yeah. Um, might've even been earlier than that, but then we did like five other mixtapes after that that were actually for like the gospel rap situation. We was yeah. like iconic, you know what I'm saying? Cause we was about like in the budding era of like that in this city. Like it wasn't no other people doing that in churches and stuff. So like, um, yeah, we had like we had like five other mixtapes that we had that was out there. Yeah. Um, yeah so. 
That's cool, man. Yeah. I, I think that's really, especially with, because um, I met both uh, Dean Priest and I, I've met Joe Clark, and they're really good guys, man. Like, I, that's that's a really good group <laughs> to be a part of. Um, so, you guys did some projects together. Mm -hmm. What led to you saying, hey, I want to break out on my own and see if I can do something solo? Honestly, that was never really like a goal of mine. Um, I went off to school at Auburn University yeah. here, and um, I was, you know, I still wanted to rap, so it was like they couldn't be there with me, so I just started doing stuff on my own. So it was like I had songs that were like by myself on our group projects, so I would end up having to perform those songs, and then, um, or I was like doing like verses from songs with them, so it was like I was like, and then people would like want my music, and I was like, I don't have no music, I got this group stuff though, and so like, they would want stuff from me, but it would be like one song out of like 12 songs, it was me, and so I was like, all right, well, I need to start trying to figure out how to like put my own stuff together. And then when I moved to Atlanta, it became like a whole different situation of like I'm actually out here like trying to get in like open mics and all this kind of stuff. And right. I just needed to be able to like put my best foot forward as an artist that was standing on by myself on stage. So, and what where it became a big thing was like with booking, right? So it was like people would want to bring me in, um, and I'd want to bring the guys along with me, and they couldn't come. So it was like all right, I need to go out here and like figure out what I'm gonna do by myself and. Yeah. Um, you know, so I can't sell you the CD of like, well, here's my group C. It's like, well, no, I want your CD. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I don't, I don't have that. You know? Right. Um, so it was like my identity just became like a solo artist because I was out there grinding by myself. Yeah. So it just kind of transformed into a necessity for me to do some solo stuff. And uh, I don't know, it just kept going from there. How did that make you feel? You know what I'm saying? Not having your, these two guys that you had grew up with in a group. I mean, honestly, when I first started doing it, I hated it, you know what I'm saying, um, just because I was I was comfortable with them. Like, I, I still to this day feel like as a group, we're better than we, we were solo. Like, solo, I think we're dope. I think as a group, we're like phenomenal, you know what I'm saying. Um, like, it's just undeniable, like, when we come together. But, um, I don't know, it didn't make me feel bad because I felt like it was, it was I had to do it. Um, yeah. And it was like one of them things too where like it motivated them to like be like, alright, you know what I'm saying, like this train like we gotta keep moving because GI still moves. You know what I'm saying? So like they, they it made them step there's like same kind of competitiveness that it was when we was on the track together. Yes. Like yeah. it became that situation for everybody's career too. So I think it kinda motivated everybody to step their game up too. Wow. That's wow. That's like tell the story, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. The first solo project was called Backpacks and Bubblegum. Yeah. Where'd you get the title from? First of all, man. So when I first started doing it, like the idea was about, um, like I'm, a, I'm a very conceptual dude, right? right. So like, um, the project had like some songs that were like. I was trying to be like radio friendly or whatever and right. do some songs that were a little bit more catchy. And then I was trying to be like a lot more like deep and boom bap introspective. So it's like merging those two together. Like I thought the um, the backpacks portion kind of represented that backpack rapper lifestyle that I had. And bubblegum was kind of like that poppy, you know, radio stuff. So it was yeah. like backpacks and bubblegum was like the title to show you you're gonna get a little bit of both of this on this project. Dying is easy, yeah. living is hard, yeah. but I'm choosing to live, uh, cause I'm living for God, yeah. so my struggle is double, uh, but never in vain, yeah. cause living is Christ, uh, and dying is gain, yeah. I know it seems twisted, like how can it be, when this earth is a prison, and we die to be free, yeah. we die to be famous, uh, we die
So when you was making backpacks and bubblegum, what was going through your mind? Like, was it was it difficult because this was your first solo project? Like, tell me tell me about that process. So when I when I really so I was working with a couple different producers at the time. And I've since kind of whittled down my producers to like be one or two people as opposed to like at that point I would say a beach from whoever. I don't really do that no more. So it was difficult for me to kind of um, figure out, and that's still a problem that I'm working on, is like how to not be boring, like make people want to listen to 10, 11, 12 right. songs from me and it right. just be my voice for the majority of the time and not get bored with that voice and like have these concepts feel like they fit together and all that kind of stuff. So it was hard for me just because, again, I'm super conceptual. So I was like, how can I tie all these together and make it feel cohesive and like it's supposed to be on the same project together? Um, and at the time, honestly, this is some real, real junk right here. I was I was living out of my car when I put that album out. Like, so I didn't have money for real. I wasn't working. Like, I was just kind of out there grinding or whatever. So like, I was sleeping at the studio, um, all that kind of stuff. And so it was just difficult because I didn't have I didn't really have bread to put up for it. So I was like kind of hustling to make it happen. Um, so it was a, it was a good growth experience for me because I learned a lot about myself during that period of time in my life. Number one, but number two, um, I just kind of learned about like what it was to be an artist. You know what I'm saying? And like put some work out there and then be able to like say I did this, you know what I'm saying? Like right. I accomplished this and this happened. Um, and that, that gave me a lot of confidence to just say, yo, I, I, I could do this, you know what I'm saying? Like I made this happen, like for me. Um, so it was uh, it was a good experience for me though, yeah. Wow. Sure. The thing that caught my caught my attention the most out of that first project was the production. <laughs> so who were some of the, did you, I, I thought you maybe had produced I did produce some of it, I did. Back then I was doing my own production a lot. Um, but yeah, so. I used to, I still work with Snipe, but a um, dude named Snipe Young, he's like out in Cali right now, um, doing it big. Like he's working, he he did, he's doing sound design for like, he was on the Compton album, um, the Drake the Compton album. He did sound design on that. He's been, I mean, he's got Grammy nominations, dude is doing it crazy good right now. But um, Snipe was working with me a lot back then. Dude named Tall T was working with me back then. Um, Bloodland Productions, which is, they still kind of do stuff every now and then. Yeah. What's up, man? You all good, brother? Good, man. How are you? Can't complain, man. Good to see you. Here you go, bro. Nice. DJ Supreme. Cole. Cole Jackson, how you doing? DJ Supreme is uh, one of the iconic DJs around here. Oh, man. Okay. Stop it. Don't don't play humble like it's not true. Yeah, man, like true hip hop. Right. Yeah, yeah. Been doing hip hop here for a long time. Really? Yeah. Internet radio station, man. Yeah. We just okay. kind of get here, like chopping it up. What's what's your station? BYK Radio. Got that we're internet, man. Hold up, leave your car. Yeah, please. Check us out. Yeah. I, I, I heard your interview on uh, on Vulcanite. Oh yeah, yeah. Artiste. I'm supposed to get back in there with him, man. But uh, yeah, me too. I mean, I mean, it's it's always uh, you know. Ongoing thing, you know. Yeah. You know that's that's why. But our story has to be told. Most definitely. So, Most definitely. Yes, indeed, man. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm actually I'm headed to Hot now, man. I'm on the air for Hot 107. Yeah. Oh, uh, word. Okay. Yeah, let's do the classic hip hop show. Yeah. Shai, DJ Supreme. Yeah. Back in the days of Eargasm. Back in the '90s. Okay. You know. Like I said, I'm kind of. That's not gas. That's true. <laughs> but uh, y'all have a great one. Thank yeah, you, man. Be cool, hey. man. Pleasure Thank to meet you. you. Good, Good to see you, bro. All right. Cool. All right, peace. Um, what were we talking about? We were talking about the production on, oh. the, uh, on the album. 
Hold on, backpack and bubblegum. Yeah, um, my dude, um, Derek Barrier with Floodlane, him and um, a cat named uh, Mike Stuckey. Mike's up in New, um, Nashville right now, actually, yeah. doing stuff. Um, but they they helped me a lot on that project. Like, they would like, they was giving me free studio time, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. to let me come in and record. Um, so they did a lot of that. Like I said, I did some production myself on there. Um, let me think. Who else was working with me on that project? Uh, Raphael Andreas, who's been the an- anthem music. Like he's, he's he's still my main go-to producer right now. Right. Um, so uh, he worked. Yeah, he was. He did the intro for that joint for me right there. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, man. I, I worked with like again. It was like six, seven different like producers, which. So I kind of whittled that down now, where I really only work with one or two yeah. on the project um, now. But yeah, that was that was the situation back then. Wow, that's tight, man. So your project, your first solo project comes out, mm-hmm. done, put it out there. When you first heard it, or you heard like the finished product, how did you feel, man? How was that? How was? How did you feel after all? All you had went through was done. How'd that make you feel? Cause this was your first, this was your first solo deal. It was mixed emotions for me because I felt like it could have been better. And I'm always like this. Every time I put out something, like I, I tell people this all the time. Every time I hand somebody a CD, regardless of what that CD, I don't care if I just did it. My next thing that I do after I get through handing CDs out, selling CDs to people, I'll go in the car and I'll listen to the CD myself and try to like feel like, okay, what kind of experience is this person gonna get popping the CD in for the first time? Right. And um, I had mixed emotions because I felt like some of the songs were executed really well and some of them were just kind of rushed and it was like, I, I was up against my own kind of deadlines and I was like, I wanted to release it by a certain time and I felt like I rushed some of the stuff out there and it could have been better. Like if I could redo some of those songs, I feel like they'd be phenomenal today. Right. Um, but again, I felt accomplished because I had done it. You know, what I'm right. saying? I was like, yo, I made this happen. I got CDs pressed up for the first time in my life. You know, what I'm saying like I had actual jewel case CDs that I was able to like with my own artwork. You know, what I'm saying like all of that. Um, so it was it was a feeling of accomplishment, but at the same time, I was like, oh man, I wish it would have been like ten times better. Um, but it was, I think it was good, you know what I'm saying, for where I was at the time in life and what I was trying to accomplish, I think I did that. Yeah. Um, so, I look back on it and I can say, yo, I like, you know what I'm saying, I can, look, you know, my, I got a son now, you know, he's only six months old, but like, right. I can look at him and be like, yo, your dad did this, you know what I'm saying, like, he was like doing this at however old I was and I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them, you can tell your, you can tell your kids, like, if somebody tells you that, that you can't do it, like, right. Like, like, no, I did this. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. Beautiful thing. That's, I think that's tight, man. That's a, that's a really good story as far as, like, positive, most positive stuff. Yeah. So, let's get into the second solo project. The second solo project was Addition by Subtraction? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tell me about the day you started to record that project. Tell me, tell me about that, that feeling. It's like, okay, it's the second thing now. Yeah. Um, Addition by Subtraction was a... So, backpacks and bubblegum was the thing where it's like, I felt like I just needed to have something out there. Like I said, I was I was coming into my own as a solo artist, so I wanted to have my own project out there. I wanted to have my own product out there. Right. Addition by subtraction was one of those things where it's like, okay, I kind of, I think I know what I'm doing now. I still did not know what I was doing, but I thought at the time, like, yo, I know what I'm doing right now. I know right. what kind of sound I want to go for. Um, 
it was to me a, a much more cohesive project, um, a better executed project. There still were some things I wish I could go back and make better about that project, but I, I had, um, I think, a sound at that time that fit well with where I was uh, mentally. Um, and I think I executed it pretty decently. But like, so when I started that process, it was really kind of just about, I wanted to um, kind of atone for like not having this really great project the first time. Right. And secondly, I just had some different stuff I wanted to talk about and, and tackle some stuff. Like I had my single out there um, that was kind of addressing the issue of, of suicide. And like, I just wanted to like speak on some different things. So right. I don't know, I went into the studio and just started working on that project. So it was, it was a good situation. That's, yeah. I, I, Overcome was the name of that song, by the way. I wanna pack my bed to tell this world goodbye. Yeah. Oh, tell it, tell it goodbye. Need to overcome this. Was a change Go. that you promised? When will we overcome? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a while since the civil rights era. I grew up in the same streets, King Marsh. The same city where he wrote from behind bars. I rhyme bars with the same message King taught. Freedom, and I'm still trying to find it Look into the light, but I feel kind of blinded Cause the present despair is what I'm used to Try as I might, still can't see the future Wrote down addition by subtraction has a different feel And I wanted to know what state of mind you was in On that, on that project Like, I listened to Backpacks and Bubblegum And I'm like, okay, this is cool, this is really good Addition by subtraction is like completely a different type of, of, of project you did mm -hmm. What kind of state of mind was you in when you made that? Cause it is it's a complete different, it's just a different different thing. Yeah, so like, like I said, I, I grew up doing gospel rap, right? Back to Bubblegum is a very gospel rap out. Like it's very, like you can hear very clear, you know, Christocentric lyrics in there, all that kind of stuff. Right. Addition by Subtraction was kind of like, I was doing more shows outside of churches, so I wanted to be able to appeal to a different group of people mm -hmm. and still like have a very positive message for them. Um, that too, um, I was trying to be in a place where I was being more relevant and, and real with my lyrics because my life um, was allowing me to experience different stuff. So it's right. like I wanted to be able to speak from my new perspective on life, you know. Um, so just mentally, I was just in a place where it's like, you know what, I just need to get a little bit more real and raw with some of these lyrics. And so I was, I'm, I was developing that rawness at that time. I think I've grown since then into more raw, real lyrics. Right. Um, but that was just kind of like the cusp of that, where it's like, I want, I want, I want to speak on different stuff, and I want to talk about different stuff than just be like, yo, Jesus did. I was like, nah, that's not. I'm saying, I need to, I need to hit people where they're at. Right. And so that was my first attempt to kind of really do that on that project. So. As far as like making that project, what was your favorite memory of making addition by subtraction? Like I said before, this is your second this is your second solo project. Yeah. What was your best memory for making that making that project? It probably was the song Overcome just because that's the song that I feel like that was the first song that I felt was big. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a when I heard it and I felt like, yo, this this could be a big song. You know what I'm saying? Like I had had a collect I don't know if you know um Sean Judah was on that joint doing the, um, the poetry. Um, so like I had that collab with him. Um, my homegirl Jasmine came through and did the hook on that joint. Um, and so it just felt big, you know what I'm saying? So like, I think that was my favorite thing of just being able to hear, because that song took on like three different iterations. Like that was, that, this was the first time too where I, I did a song. So Snipe Young produced this one again. Yeah. So I did a song. 
and I wasn't satisfied with it. Right. So like I sent it to Snipe and I was like, yo, I need something else. He went in and he freaked it a little bit differently and it created a different thought. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna go in this direction with it. So like that song went to like three different iterations. Like it was a completely different song the first time I finished it. And then I redid it and I redid it again yeah. the version that's on the album. Yeah. Um, and so like that was the first time I had ever done anything like that where the song was like, nah, this ain't it. <laughs> nah, that's not it either. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so, and really just kind of allowing myself the creative space to say, no, let's make it better. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So um, that was a big that was that was a big evolutionary step for me as an artist too to be able to do something like that. Yeah. Especially working with Snipe when he wasn't even here and you know he had already moved to Cali at that point. Oh, word. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's the thing too. I was, that was my next question too. I was like, two songs that are amazing on this project. These are me writing my notes down. Overcome, Future Jazz and Williams, and Sean Judah, and then the Gotta Go song. Um, but you've already kind of went over the, the Overcome song. You mm -hmm. kind of talked about that. The Gotta Go song. Tell me about what was going on when you made that song. So, again, I wanted to attack different issues, you know. And so I was talking. Funny story about that song. The guy who sang on that was a dude named Justin Arrington, who now currently lives in Cali as well. He's actually on the um, label with Snipe out there. But um, Justin was still here in Birmingham at the time. But that song and there's a song, there's another song on there. Um, I can't even think of. Uh, I can't even think of the name they're of the like song. They're like white. Yeah, I, they're, they're, they're like back white, back. back to back. Because yeah. I heard that, I, I was like, yo, these are like. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> that hook for that song, Not Gotta Go With The Other One, was written by Joe, Joe Clark, wrote the hook for that. Oh, for real? Yeah, so, actually, Gotta Go in that song, I wasn't even speaking from my life perspective. Like, I don't even know if I, he wants me to tell this, but this is actually Joe. Like, I'm talking through his voice on that, because oh, he, really? and I, yeah, he and I were talking about some stuff that was going on with him personally. He wrote that hook, but he didn't... He didn't want to release it. He didn't have anything coming up. He was like, yo, I think you can do this. You know what I'm so he gave me that hook. And then it just kind of birthed that whole like song back-to-back -back thing. Because I had this other track. I was like, yo, I'm going to just tie them joints together. Yeah. And just kind of talk about that whole situation. Um, so that's, yeah. That's tight, man. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so what was your overall feeling um, about... Addition by subtraction. That, that's your second. This is your second one. Yeah. Now this one came out. Better? Did you feel like it was better than Backpacks yeah. and Bubblegum? Definitely better than Backpacks and Bubblegum. Um, as far as sonically, it was better. Um, I, I mean, so Backpacks and Bubblegum. You know, I think I had some dope stuff on there. I think again, if I had been better sonically on Backpacks and Bubblegum, that that project would have been phenomenal. Um, right. Sonically, addition by subtraction was better. I had better beats. I had better hooks. Um, still in that same like, I'm not ever like fully satisfied with anything I've ever put out. Like it's just the way I am. So like that same feeling of accomplishment, like yo, I did this. That's the first. Okay, so that was the first project that got me a look from a label. Actually, I'd gotten a look previously um, when I was in Atlanta. This guy just kind of came across Backpacks and Bubblegum, and he wanted to sign me. Uh, he had a, a label out in Cali, um, and he wanted to sign me to a, a, a distro deal. I ended up like working that situation where I could get the whole crew on instead of just me because I was still in this place where I was like, I don't really want to be a solo artist. Like, yeah. I got a solo stuff, but I don't want to be a solo artist. Right. So I, I actually got I, I got Battlecat signed to that deal, um, but this was the first time 
on addition by subtraction where like I got a solo look that I was actually able to like pursue. Um, so I was like, I ended up on this little indie label out of that, um, out of that situation. So that was good for me for a little while, um, you know, just to have financial backing that wasn't coming out of my own pocket. Right. That's what, that's what, and I was gonna talk about that before I got into the next project. What was it like? What was it like being a, a label coming to you and talking to you about that? Like, was that process something that you you completely didn't want to do, or was that something that you you really wanted to go forward with as far as like being on a label? I didn't really have a um, a desire to be signed. Like, I understood what being signed could mean for me. Um, majority again about like being able to fund stuff and it not have to come out of my pocket that was appealing to me but it like i didn't want to be in a situation where i felt like somebody else was trying to control the product right you know what i'm saying like i wanted right. to speak about what i wanted to speak about i wanted to release stuff when i wanted to release it like i wanted that freedom then i wanted somebody else to spend their money so it's like you kind of can't do that like and i hadn't really earned that right at that point in time and i didn't really even understand that i hadn't earned that right like i had a little bit of an arrogance about like yo i'm dope man like you yeah. know, like you wasn't that dope bro like chill out like we don't even have no fans for real like we got a lot of work to do to get you there um so um it was a good situation it was a good learning experience from me um for me i should say um but at the end of the day you know we, that situation kind of fizzled out i'm not yeah. even with that uh, label anymore but uh, Again, good learning experience. Not something I anticipated or even wanted, but it happened, and uh, you know, I was I, I was thankful for the experience. So let me ask you a question. Right now, if somebody put a deal on the table for you. What do you think you would do? Would you want to be in that situation again? I would. I, I would. I would entertain a label again. Um, but again. I still want to be able to have like some creative freedom, so I feel like I've got a lot of work to do to get to the place where I'm afforded to be able to be as free as I would like to be as an artist. So um, I realize I'm, I'm like I'm nowhere close to being ready for that right now. Uh, it have to be the right situation. Though. Like if they were gonna come to me and say we like what you do, we want to just push this, we can talk. Uh, it's just kind of like it's gotta make sense. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So let's get into the next. Um, the next project was we're at twelve. Yeah. Twenty thirteen edition. This is your third project, correct? Mm -hmm. So what was that? So third project is this? It's easier now, right? Yeah. How, how was you? What was your feeling going? What was your thought process into going into making this third project? So both of the twelves were a product of something similar that I'm doing right now, which is I just wanted to do a different approach to releasing music so at the end of December every day for 12 days I released a new song like every day I dropped a new one you know what I'm saying so it was 12 days 12 songs that's why the project was called 12 so um, I just wanted to do something different in the way I released stuff so um, it wasn't like because I knew these songs weren't like an album you know what I'm saying like I didn't have any like nice theme like backpacks and bubblegum or addition by subtraction you know um, I just had songs I wanted to release, so I was like, all right, I'm not even gonna make it feel like it's supposed to be an album. I'm just throwing these joints out there, but I like, I was like, I don't want to just put out like a mixtape. I wanted to do something different, so I was dropping a song every day for 12 days, and so um, worked with um, different producers on that joint too. Um, but those were 
similar to the songs I'm releasing right now, right. just songs that I had in the stash where I was like, I just want to put them out and just get them you know, out there in the world right. and just put some more music. Because I hadn't released anything. Like, I released Edition by Subtraction in 2010, and I hadn't dropped anything, you know, for a while, which there's a lot of reasons behind that. But, uh, so, I, you know, it's been like two and a half years since I even dropped any music. So I was like, it's time to do something else. So I decided to, you know, to get those joints out there. That was, I mean, 12 was uh, the the 2013 edition. That's my favorite favorite project out of the first time listening. I love it, man. It was a track. It was a track there that called uh, Motivated. Tell me the story behind that song. Haruski produced that, actually. Um, so the most elusive man in Birmingham. Yeah, Haru, man. Haru, Haru sent me that joint like probably about a year before I even put it out, man. Like we was just this is when he really was just first getting into producing. Um, and so he and I sat down. He he, he shot me like three or four tracks, and um, you know I, I recorded that joint um, over at Epic Studios back when they were over on the north side down here by it was like a little biker spot, and they had this little cutaway spot next door to it. I recorded this song there, um, and it was really like me, like that one, um, wearing the four or five. Um, yes, love that spot. That's a slight young production yeah. right there, but like. Those two songs were just kind of me, like, kind of just getting in and sparring a little bit lyrically, like, just trying to get myself back up and, like, kind of give myself some, like, a lot of when I talk about music or talk about in music is me trying to, like, motivate myself, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to give myself, like, a reason when I'm listening to my music to keep going and doing it. And right. so, like, motivation was one of those things where it was, like, like, I just, I wanted some music to talk to me for a minute, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, so that, that one was just kind of like a... Trying to go out there and flex a little bit on the track. I could tell, like when I was listening to it, and I was like, "This is not like that one." And wearing the four five, both of those songs are way different from a lot of the music that you had did because it was a lot more kind of braggadocious. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? If I can say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just kind of like I'm gonna put my chest out and let you guys know, like lyrically. Yeah. No, you can't really touch me right yeah. stuff and I just had to be like I had to come back out and be like yo like I could rap bro like you know what I'm yeah. saying like I'm not I don't know what y'all used to but I could rap bro like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so. now one of the reasons why 12 the 2013 edition uh, was one of my favorites is because I love the production and, and I felt like like lyrically I, I felt like you had really really evolved in that yeah is this one of your favorite projects it's my favorite one is 2014 honestly um, but 2013, I think, is the most memorable project I've ever done just because of the process that I went through to get it done. Um, so I recorded the, the vast majority of those songs with a dude named Red Letters um, who produced the majority of 14. So a dude named Red Letters, my man Rodney, um, we recorded that at his crib. Um, but like, it was like a situation, seriously, like because I'm putting them out every day. 
where like we would record it earlier in that week or yeah. whatever just to get a couple of songs ahead but like we were bouncing emails back and forth at like 11 o'clock at night you know what i'm saying where he would like send me something i'd be like no 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 you need to change this this and that da 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 so we like bouncing emails back and forth like out like minutes literally before the song's supposed to go up at midnight you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> close, right? yeah it was crazy like with some of them like he was he was literally like sending me a bounce file like 11 50 something and i'm uploading it to soundcloud two minutes later trying to get it up at midnight just because yeah. i was trying to throw everything up at midnight right um so it was that was like a crazy experience in and of itself just being able to like put that music out into the world um but it was, it was again, uh, just a, a good experience for me. Like, I, I, I've loved the experiences I've had for each other. That one's probably the most memorable one just because of that process of, like, like me hitting him up, like, a couple of times, like, yo, like, where's the joint? He's like, I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. You know? so I'm like, yo, it's, like, time, bro. Like, we need that track. It's 11 hours yeah. right now. And he, you know, he's in there, like, mixing stuff down and trying to get it done and all, you know what I'm saying? So it's crazy, but it was, it was a good, it was a good, good situation, though. Uh, I think it came out pretty good. Uh, I still perform some of those songs, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, I, it's obviously uh, music that I like, um, but yes, yeah, uh, that was cool. It was cool. It's a cool time for me right there. So, the favorite, my favorite songs out of all of those was Motivated, Wearing the 4-5, It's All Good. Yeah. Now, I believe song because that is so soulful. Yeah. It is a very soulful song and the yeah. revolution song. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite song off of that project? Because oh, I, I just think that's I think that to me that's just like it's just a really really good project that you did. Man. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, man. That's hard actually because that project again is just so. Um. I think my the most fun song I had recording it was "It's All Good." Um. Just because. Um, it was different for me, like I hadn't really been like on that kind of rhythm and pace with my music at that point in time. But I think my favorite song just overall that I think stood the test of time for me was I Believe. Um, just because it came from a real personal place for me, like and I hadn't been super personal. Like it's glimpses of personal, um, but it was like probably the most personal. Like I talked about my sister having lupus yeah. on there. Um, Sean Ray, I don't know if you know Sean Ray. Um, mm, I don't. He's um, an artist from here. He lives in Huntsville now, whatever. But, you know, talk about him having sickle cell. Like, just, like, those being motivating things for me, like, um, where I was like, yo, like, what do I have to complain about? Like, my, my sister's literally out here fighting a disease that's, like, trying to kill her. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, Sean Ray is over here having a disease that, like, is literally attacking him and giving him pain every day. And I'm complaining about what? Like, yo, like, if, if they can fight that every day, I can definitely go to the little boy that I go through on a consistent basis. So I was like, yo, I'm, you know... So that song right there is probably like the most um, significant for me on that project. But it was a it was a good situation too. I had fun recording that in the studio um, over at Ryan's house. Look, I believe in the power of love, cause it's the only thing that flows purely down from above. Reckless behavior of a gold chaser, foolish enough to think that failure's not an option. See, if you never gave me the dream, then you could never tell me when to stop it. I strive for better. Then I live for more. That's so, yeah. That I believe so, man. Just kind of got it was real personal to me, too. I just like it made me just think about a lot of stuff that was how we we, we um, just take a lot of stuff for granted, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Exactly. It, it was for that song, like so, like everything from the production to, the, to what you were driving yeah. about. Yeah, Priest doing, you know, his vocals. Uh, my wife actually is singing on that joint. Oh, the female vocal on there is my wife, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it's it's a 
it hit me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It hit me for real. So let's get into the 2014 edition of 12. Um, now, this sounds more like a serious and more conscious. Tell me about this project. Like, tell me about, about the 2014 edition. Yeah, definitely more serious. Um, I I started that off in a very somber way with the um with that first joint. The whole nation watching, fascinated, scared for the life of their child. It seems that that's been the black man's plight for a while. Even the president probably haven't thought some folks sniping them down. Then they bark at the indictment. Thought alone is frightening. I'm caught alone at night when the blue lights is lighting the rear view. Where can I steer to when the only one to call is the law? We were in a time in our, you know what I'm saying, like where it, it was on the cusp of like a lot of this police stuff, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so, like, I can't breathe. Yeah, so like when I, when I, when I went into that project, um, so I mean, a lot of people don't know, I, I used to work in politics, like I did that for like five years. That was a part of the reason why I had that long break between projects is like yeah. I was, I was, I was gone, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. 2010 to uh, 2012, I was pretty much like on campaigns, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I, I worked um, President Obama's last campaign down in Florida. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh wow! Yeah, um, that's so, you know what I'm saying so. I just wasn't here to do music and, and make music. Uh, so that's the reason why I felt like I had to come back and like be kind of like, yo, I'm back and like I wanted to hit him hard with 13. 14 was like um, kind of like a culmination of a lot of like stuff I had learned from being out there. You know, talking to people on on the, on the road in these campaigns and seeing a lot of stuff that's going on societally and me growing up personally um, so it, it was a very introspective project for me where I was like I was just kind of viewing things in society and wanting to speak to those things um, from a very mature like thought out perspective um, and so I just uh, I had a lot of uh, songs that were more heavy more weighty right. in their um, right. tone um, in their topics in the clips, hundreds of rounds, bringing these shots, gunning them down. This misery's music to me. The cadence of death, can't you hear how my drummer sounds? They crying for more, they hurting, they begging, they dying for more. They pleading for me to return to finish the job. When will it stop? Never. At least not until I can finish this piece. All of these bodies around, the only one. They said, knew better, you do better, who better than me? To win, light in your mind, yeah, them two letters is C-C-G. I, the icon, my God, what the H-E-W? Living in Sin City, but we in a world of trouble, double, double murder, suicide, and feelings on the shelf. Hurt to my lady, if she thinking similar, go kill herself first, come on. The task of just living can be so daunting. Hatred for your neighbor, maybe you just prove yourself worth, go tell Kurt. When the thoughts, as the thoughts became manifest, destiny spoke. Been a life dreaming just to be woke to the same dream. Now I'm teaching these people to do the same thing. Lead on, young leaders, hold your head high. Dream on, young dreamers, keep the faith in living life like it's bedtime. This is my lullaby. I think that's the one I, I like the most that I've done thus far for that reason. It's so that 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 one is so socially aware. Yeah. And you can kind of tell when you listen to that, you can tell what's going on at, at that, at, you know, during that time. Right. Because it was, I mean, everything was just so. Everything had a meaning to. Every song had a meaning to. Right. Or to that's how I felt. No, I mean, I was. That's what I was attempting to do, man. It's like when you hear the song, um, even in the songs where I'm being more playful, like I'm trying to like address real, real stuff. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think that I, that's the reason why that project sticks out the most to me because I feel like. That was the most well-executed project from the standpoint of me being able to address issues that I wanted to talk about in a real right. way. Um, and 
I think, man, if people like really sit down and listen, like, yo, he talking about some real stuff on here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Like I said, it, it was a, it was a good experience for me too. Again, a different experience though. Like, um, again, I was working with um, Rodney again, Red Letters. He produced the vast majority of that. So like we 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 learned from 13 of not like waiting to the last minute to try to do these joints. Yeah. Uh, but so he, he he produced a lot of those tracks and he was like so sending me song. He would just send me a bunch of beats and I would like sift through them like, yo, not this one, this one like and so I was like finding beats where I wanted to talk about different stuff on it. Um and so I think it was a very cohesive track, I mean project because the vast majority of the production came from the same place. Right. Um, and then I was writing it all in the same span of time too. So um, like that was the first project that I feel like was more in the moment. You right. know what I'm saying? So uh, it was a cool situation as well uh, for me to be able to do that one. So by this time, did you kind of calm down more on your production part of oh, it? Oh yeah. And more on your and more on your writing? Yeah, yeah. Like I had stopped producing. Um, like I think. Uh, Addition by Subtraction is the last time that I personally produced a track. Right. Uh, I don't think I had any production on any of the projects after that. Um, so, I mean, so like, I don't physically go in there and make the beats anymore, but like a lot of what I'll do is like, I'll have an idea, so I'll shoot it to a producer. So like a lot of what we did with um, 2014 came from like, me just getting in there with Rod and being like, yo, I want to do something like this. And he would start cooking a beat up. He'd send me a piece of it. And I'd be like, yo, like, change this, do this and this and that. Like, it's a song on there, um, the very last song, Repeat, yeah. which is, like, one of my favorite joints on there. Just because I don't tell stories a lot, but I think, like, like that's that's a true story, by the way. Really? Yeah. True, like, both of those. True story. Like, you go back and listen to it, like, really happened in my life. True stories. Um, oh, wow. But, uh... So like that song actually started out as a completely different track. He sent me a track, it was more up-tempo, but I liked the sample that he used. So like I heard the sample and I was like, like you think you could slow that joint down a little bit and give me like a bounce feel to it and like da-da-da. Like, so I sent him some reference tracks or whatever and he came back with that beat and I was like, this is it, like this is the one, you know what I'm saying? So uh, one of my favorite songs I've ever done just because again, it's a different thing for me to be very personal. Um, telling real stories about my life in music and um, and storytelling. Like I don't do a lot of storytelling. I'm trying to get into it a lot more now, but right. like actually telling stories on there. Like, I did a lot of storytelling actually on 14. Um, way more stories um, yeah. than I think I've ever done on any other project. So yeah. Yeah, yeah 14 was, was good too. Um, so you kind of already went into why there were two. It was just the thing where like 2013 I had fun doing it. I wanted to do it again in 2014. We actually considered doing it again this year. Yeah. Um, and so like the only reason I even am doing this like here because like I couldn't come up with like a 12 situation but I had these songs. I was like alright well we'll do it like that for you know 2016 um, because like 2015 we didn't really do nothing. Um, <clears throat> we wanted to do it again in 2015 but like it just never really came together like I wanted it to, and I didn't want to just throw music out there, so I just kind of was like, nah, and then I ended up doing Stand Apart in the middle of that, so, right. yeah. Right. I just think, just, I love the sound of both both editions of 12, and you can kind of see the difference, it's like, it's like two different sides of the same coin, you yeah. know what I'm saying, it was amazing. So, um, the Stand Apart soundtrack. Yeah. Let's get into that. But I don't stand alone, stand alone. I just hold my spot, you should do the same. Do the same. Yeah. 
Eyes wide, I got a scan for clones So I play it low-key like a baritone Stay close to your camera phone You gon' wanna take this The perfect picture of purpose Definition of greatness A blessed position to be in When told you could never make it Rise in front of your critics And watch the looks on they faces uh, Ruler in my zone just talk about the project. Like, yeah. did, when you approached, did you come up with the idea to do the soundtrack? Yeah. Or how did how that go come about? That was all me, man. Like, so I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to shift my focus. Um, like, I realized I'm not like a radio artist. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can make radio joints, but like, that's not my bag. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a I'm a socially conscious, like introspective type dude. But I wanted to be able to talk to like youth and young adults because I felt like like that's a main place where people start making crazy choices with life and I right. wanted to like right. help them in this super social media age where people are losing their identity and like you know everything's a trending topic everything's a hashtag everything's a challenge you know, like I gotta do such and such challenge because my home like and people were losing their identities you know what I'm saying so I was like I wanted to make something to speak to the necessity to be who you're who you were created to be like you have a unique purpose right and so the idea of stand apart came first and then I was like I convey my messages better through music, so I, I came up with the soundtrack for it. Like we're doing, um, you know, more like speaking engagement and stuff now, like trying to go out and talk to kids. But I wanted to be able to put something in their hand too and say, like, yo, here's some music that you can ride to that encompasses the same idea of what I've been talking to you about. Right. Um, so that's kind of how that project got birthed, and um, I think it turned out pretty well. Um, had some really good um, vibes from that. Um, yeah. Man, and then the Stand Apart uh, soundtrack is actually, um, all the proceeds go towards... Yeah, so when people purchase that, that money actually goes directly towards me being able to provide um, free or reduced costs. So like a lot of these places where I go, whether it be youth groups, churches, schools, whatever, they don't really have budgets to bring in an artist to do stuff like that. So. I don't want that to be a barrier for them to want to bring me in. So it's like, all right, I'll raise my own money. You just give me a date to come. You know right. what I'm saying? So like when people purchase the project, that's specifically what that goes towards. Like it's, that's gas money for me to get to these places. That's um, hotel rooms. That's, um, you know, me being able to press up more CDs to give away to the kids. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all of that. So um, it just kind of became like my own fundraising tool to be able to get the message out even further. So, uh, yeah. That's good. That's, that's good. Very positive, man. So we're gonna move forward with the um, the single "Kick That Flow." Yeah. So that just came out not too long ago. How'd you come up with the concept? So "Kick That Flow" was a thing where um, I actually was gonna do a whole project of like old school vibes. Like everything was gonna be like some kind of throwback era vibe. Um, and that project never really like took root the way I wanted it to. Plus, I just couldn't find the right sounds. Like I had, I've got a couple more songs that I just haven't released that are actually in that kind of um, bag. But uh, mm -hmm. so, but I was like, you know, I wanted, to, and then I wanted to do that video for it. So like, I got with Tej and um, and Antonio uh, who choreographed it, and we just kind of put the whole video vibe together. So I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm just throw the song out there by itself. Like I haven't, you know, done this in a while. So right. like, let me just throw another song out there because I have a thing about like I, every year I want to release something yeah. um, and that's before I even decided to do these songs I'm releasing right now like I said I had those songs for a while I just didn't know when I was going to release them so I was like alright I hadn't dropped nothing in 2016 let's put that joint out there um, and it was just, it was fun like I just wanted to do something fun like I had been so serious and so heavy with 2014 and stand apart I was like let me just do something fun for a change you know what I'm saying so like that's kind of where that one came from yeah, it's a fun record too yeah. I, I, I enjoy it I enjoy the sound 
sound, I enjoy everything. Yeah, it's cool, man. I, I enjoy doing that live just because I feel like it's a really good crowd song. Yeah. You know, just to be able to get people interacting in it. So, so talk, talk about the video, man, because it looked like fun. I'm mad because yeah. I didn't get a chance to get in it. I wanted to get in it. It yeah, looked man. dope, man. Like We had, had fun, this, man. It was like it was like house party five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so, I mean, of course, we we, we kind of took the house party vibe just because you know I'm using the kid and play references within the track and all that. Um, so, just kind of a random situation of like I had a show we shot that at Rafiki's over mm-hmm. um, in Homewood over off of Valley, um, and like I, I had a show at Rafiki's and like they had this upstairs loft space. I was like, yo, this look like a living room in here. I was like, yo, this would be perfect to shoot. You know that video because I wanted to do a house party video. I didn't have a space to do it. I was like, this be cool. The owners like were cool with it. They let me come up there and do the shoot. Um, Antonio came through with the dancers. I had some of my partners come through to just kind of play cards and just be like in there and chilling or whatever. Did so, appreciate your part. Yeah, my little brother was in that video. Oh, he was. Yeah, okay. man, he in the background chilling and up in there. Um, so uh, and then like I said, we had the dancers in there. So it's, we just in there kicking it, man, having fun. You know, yeah. Chilling. It looked like fun, man. I was like, dang, I could have got my little, I could have got my, my 90 stuff. I could have yeah. did it, man. And, you know, <laughs> it was kind of like a last minute thing, too. Like, we we had been talking about doing it for a couple of weeks, and Teach was like, man, let's just shoot the video, man. Yeah. Like, like, all right, man. So we just got a date, and I you know, started calling up people. I actually, I had called a lot of people who didn't show up. It was supposed to be like a big, like, we were going to throw a party, really, basically, and film it. Yeah. But then it like it never really materialized into that. So we just went with what we had, and it, it turned out well. It is, it's a fun video. I like that video, man. Um, so let's move into a few things real quick as far as like some of the events that you hold around here in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, well, talk about some of those. What What are some of the events that you're a part of here? Because you do a, you do a lot of stuff in the, in the area. Yeah. Um, so I mean, majority of it is through. Um, uh, through the mic checks, um, Birmingham thing. So that's 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 really my wife's um, thing. Um, so 20, 2013 was the was that the first year? Was it twenty twelve? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, we've done three of them. So twenty twelve. So we didn't do it this year. So 12, 13, 14. 2012 was the first year we did this. Um, Battle Cats, my crew, Schooly Escobar, Haruski were the first um, people we had it actually at. Uh, Venue's not even open anymore. I can't think of what the name of it is right now. Um, yeah, we had it over there. I'll think of it in a second. But um, it was a, kind of an idea that my wife and I had. Again, I'm just getting back into the scene, and um, we just got a lot of. We had a lot of situations where it couldn't have been 2012. I wasn't back yet. It had to be 2013. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> 12, 13, 14, 15. We didn't do it this year. That's what it was. Anyway, all right. So. Um, we just felt like local artists weren't allowed to like feel like the feature artists for anything. You know what I'm saying? Like we were always kind of like the opening acts. So I, we wanted to be able to like let artists from here in Birmingham just get some stage time. Be let this show be about you. You know what I'm saying? Like this is your set, your show. You're the main act. There's no no matter what order y'all going up in. Bring your crowd, do your thing. So that was kind of what birthed the mic check movement that we started doing. Um, so we did that for three years. Um, then we started doing the mixers because what we realized over the process of doing those first three is number one, the pool of artists that we felt like were ready to take that next step of being like a main act wasn't very big. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some artists that are dope. Like, don't get me wrong, tons of dope artists. But like, do you are you able to draw a crowd? Like, are you able to rock a, a 20 minute set? 
do you have product that you can sell to people after you get through rocking this 20 minute set? Like how ready are you for the next level um, in artistry? When a lot of that. Um, and, and a lot of the reasons were people weren't able to connect to, you know, people who were able to put them in those positions. So we started having the mixers um, this year. We like we wanted to like connect people from within the community, of, regardless of what you're doing, and help cultivate the backside of what creates an artist community um, in a city. Um, so we started doing the mic check mixers, um, and so that was been a lovely situation that we, we were able to kind of do for a couple of months. We're actually going to try to bring that back in the new year. So, yeah, I've been to a couple of them and I enjoyed them every time. Yeah, man. it's been fun. I've, I've enjoyed them too, man. Like just from like I've met a lot of a lot of cool artists that I've never you know had a chance to like really get in with producers. Like it's allowed me to see some of the other people in the city, you know, and connect with them. Um, and connect them to other people. I think that's the thing I get, I love the most about it. Like, we don't charge people to come in. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's zero, like, I think that's the thing that upsets me the most about it too, is like, people aren't coming. It's like, I'm not asking you for anything. I'm asking you to come yeah. and connect with your fellow artists for no money. Matter of fact, we was like giving away drinks at one point in time. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm, I'm trying to allow you to do what you say you want to do for free. You know right. what I'm saying? So like, it's been a beautiful situation for me to be able to see people connect and me be able to connect with people, but it's been frustrating that like the turnout hasn't been as good as I would have, have hoped it would have been for, even though the turnout's been good, like, don't get me wrong, but I want, you know, I want that joint packed full because it's, it's hundreds of artists here, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I want them all to be able to connect with each other and really start to cultivate this industry in the city, you know what I'm saying? Whether you produce or you write or you sing or you rap or you dance or you do videos, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, we gotta get on the same page um, so that we can cultivate a, a better scene, you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, that's been I, I've, I've loved doing that. That's been one of the um, more uh, personally uh, beneficial things for me. Um, but hopefully, like I said, hopefully we'll be able to kick it off again and start the new year. I, I want to say personally, I enjoy going into going into the mic check mixes too because this is it's networking. I actually came across a, a lot of artists that, that we play on the station too yeah. by way of that. And that's, I don't, understand. I, that's my thing too. I never really understood why like, it's a lot of people here that want to want to move and make moves, but they don't do the, the type of things that they need to. And that's, and the mic check mission to me is something that it's, you just said it yourself, it's free. Well, the only thing you need is your time. You're giving up some of your time. You don't have to be there all day. Yeah, just come through, show love, dab a couple people up, pass some cards out, you know, go back to your life, you know, so, you know whatever, so. Uh, hopefully, like I said, when we get into the new year, people who have been to the ones in the past will continue to spread the word. I think um, we're gonna. I think when we had the, uh, were you there with the one with the uh, when the lawyer had the talking set? Like, I, I mean, wonderful information given. Like, we're gonna try to do more stuff like that in the new year. Bring in people who can talk from their perspective about different things within the industry that you don't hear a lot. Um, and you have a chance to ask questions that you might like. I don't know how many people had access to just talk to a lawyer like that. You know what I'm saying? So we were putting, and that lawyer may not have had the ear of the artist community like she wanted to, to be able right. to say, hey, I'm here to help you. You know what I'm saying? So again, just trying to help people do what they say they want to do, man. So it's been a lovely situation. Hopefully we'll continue to be able to do stuff like that. Uh, please, please continue to do it and push forward with it, man. Because that's something that I think Birmingham needs. Definitely. And I think a lot of these artists, man, if they want to get out there, that, that's a, that's an avenue right there that they exactly. should they should take. The scene in Birmingham. What do you see the hip hop scene in Birmingham going in 2017? Man, um, I think we've got a couple of artists that are on the cusp of doing some big things coming up in the new year, just because they they cultivated their art. To the
place where they have fans and I think that they'll be able to do more things that will bring eyes in this direction. Um, a lot of promising young talent that I've seen lately. Um, so I think in 2017, you're going to see people make significant big moves. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to do some stuff that's going to make you be like, yo, that's, that's a good look right there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I think we're going to get some good looks coming in 2017 uh, for, for artists that come about the area. Um, and I hopefully we'll just continue to um, cultivate um, some of these relationships and be able to grow some of the stuff that we're doing on a, on a more, at least regional level. You know what I'm, so I'm looking forward to being able to kind of see where that growth comes and, and, and how it progresses in the next year. Yeah, I, th I think 2017 for hip hop in Birmingham is going to be super promising for yeah. everybody if they if they move in the same direction. Yeah, I, I seriously think it's going to be big. Yeah, I think a lot of the people who are in the positions now, like hip-hop's in a place right now just globally in the market um, where it's become like a leader. Um, but I just think that Birmingham is finally getting into a place where people who um, who do hip-hop are, are starting to be of the decision-making age, you know what I'm saying? And so it allows the space for us to do bigger and better things um, and help each other get to a better place. So I'm looking forward to that. That's so, is there anybody as far as like local artists that you haven't worked with that you want to work with? Wow, um, that I haven't worked with, I want to work with. I mean, I'm open to work with most of them. Um, it's just got to be the right sound and the right time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that I haven't worked with. You know what I'm saying? Like, in one capacity or another. Um, I don't because I've worked with so many artists. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's probably tons of people who I've never, you know, what I'm saying, like interacted with that I could definitely get down with. Um, yeah. Like I still got a couple of collabs that I hadn't put out there that are with local artists that people are gonna be like, oh, okay, I didn't even know they had made a song together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so those are coming in the following the coming weeks. Um, and I got some other stuff that hasn't been released that I'm working on with some other. So it's, I, I work with a lot of people, man. It's just really just about timing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and be frank, I don't know if a lot of people want to work with me. I don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? They might be like, ah, I'm not really with that GI guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I'm, I'm down to make music though. I love doing it. So. People want to make music, and they, they know how to get in touch with me. And if they don't, they're not looking. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So let's piggyback off of that and talk about Ampersand. True. So Ampersand, tell everybody what Ampersand is. Ampersand, um, if you don't know what Ampersand, the actual word means, it's the and symbol. Um, so it's like me and some other artists. So it's like collaborations that I worked on over the last few years. I'm releasing one every Thursday mm -hmm. um, in the month of December. So I've, I've had two go out thus far. Yeah. The first collaboration was... Um, myself and that was a Dean Priest. Uh, yeah, Dean was on and, uh, that joint. Who? Oh, Christ Style. Yeah, Chris Style. Excuse me from um, Club AM, as well as um, Chicken George from Club AM on the hook on that joint. I only cherish the spiritual of awards. So glow, flow, feel it dripping from the pores. Learned a lot of lessons, that's a blessing from the course. For my allowance, I was accounting for these chores. Me and GI in the company of GI Joe's. Battle cats grinding like we. That was us getting down. Um, I shot Chris the, um, the, the beat. Uh, Anthem produced that joint. I shot Chris the beat. Uh, he killed that jump, and then um, Chicken George actually came up with the hook on there, and then Dean just came through and added some color mm -hmm. um, to put a little bit more soul uh, feel in there. Um, so had that joint, and then we did one with some young guys that probably a lot of people don't know. Um, they're actually cousins, um, David Bibbs and Wisdom Bibbs, um, that I just.
just dropped, and that joint is uh, Hacky Life. So I put that yeah. out uh, last Thursday. So yeah, it's been the first two joints, and I still got two more that are coming up. Okay. Yeah. Ampersand sounds like it's going. It's I, the first two songs I've already listened to. I love them, man. Appreciate man. it. They're great, man. That's yeah, it was awesome. just cool. Little, you know what I'm saying? It, it was cool to just like vibe with people. You know what I'm saying? And and do again something different. So I, I've I've enjoyed being able to do that so far. And like I said I got a couple more that I'm I'm excited to put out later as well. Yeah, that's what that was my next question. What what, what projects are you working on right now? Like, so what else is coming out this? Well, I guess might as well say 2017. Yeah, yeah, because I'm um, the only other thing I even may drop this year is I did a video for Go Home. Mm-hmm. Um, that's we've already shot the video. We just gotta edit it and um, get done with it. Teach did that one as well, so shout to Teach. Um, so I got that video coming up. Um, so I'm working on some new music, like completely new. It's really three different projects that I'm working on right now. Um, one of them, like all of them, are gonna be like more. Uh, what's the word to use for this? Like I got one that's super conceptual. Yeah. Um, that I'm having a hard time putting it together, but I'm still working on it. I got one that's a little bit more mature, um, just because it's speaking really more on relationships. Yeah. Um, so I got that one. Really speaking to women more so than anything else. So I got that joint. And then I have another one that I'm working on. That's gonna be kind of more to like cocky rap. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get cocky too much. But I'm like, you know what? Like I just need, I need to like flex for like six straight songs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, so like I'm, I got that joint that I'm working on too. So um, just, I'm just writing, man. And, and and whatever, whatever finishes first, that's what I release first. I don't know. So I'm just writing and, and, and however it comes, it comes. So. So this is 2017, right? We gonna get all three of them in 2017? Like, let me know something, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm writing, writing right now. So like, um, we'll see. We'll okay. see how it goes. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just keep writing. I'm gonna keep recording and um, just try to be. I'm trying to be like really more open with my my creative process too, and allow myself to um, not feel so like bound by like timelines. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I tell my wife this all the time. I'm like, it's like. It ain't like nobody's sitting around waiting for it to drop. So when it drops, it drops. You know right. what I'm saying? Like people are like, yo, when is that new G? Nobody's saying that. Like I'm being real with myself. Nobody like, man, that new G. I can't wait for that joint to come out. So like, why do I feel so pressed to like put it out in a certain time frame? I don't know. Um, so I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna keep writing and uh, see where it goes. But I, I got some other situations that I feel like are gonna be good looks for me. Like I said, I'm starting to get the terrestrial spins. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on Pandora now. I'm, you know, Spotify. I've got all the, you know, those kind of things. You know, y'all are playing me on y'all station. I got some other um, internet radio stations that I'm trying to get linked up with that have been spinning um, to kick that flow joint. Um, so I, I've got some potential situations out there that's going to allow me to get in front of larger audiences, and I got some friends um, in different uh, markets that are helping me to get out there a little bit more. So hopefully, um, by the time I'm ready to release something else, um, the, the world if you're ready to hear you know what I'm saying so, okay. so I, I asked all these all, all the artists I talked to these questions so go through this and then we're gonna be done so tell me tell me who you listen to right now um, if, if we if we looked on your phone or if we looked on your yeah so of course your code just dropped so that's a that's a yeah you definitely um threw me a softball on that one so of course I'm I've, I've listened to that most recently 
Um, but honestly, man, like outside of that, so like I listen to a project when it first comes out just to kind of hear what they're doing. But then I go back to listening to tracks again and start writing. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I try not to listen to anybody else too much because I don't want that to cloud my creative process. Like I want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Hear like okay, I see what y'all are doing. See how y'all moving. But. I don't, I don't, I try not to oversaturate my brain with other people's uh, art so I can kind of hone in on my own sound or whatever. But I am, I have listened to that recently. Um, I gave that, that new, um, uh, what's the guy's name? His real name is Donald Glover. I can't think of it. Oh, Charles Gambino. Yeah, I, I listened to the um, Gambino project. Um, That's very different. Yeah. Um, who else have I been listening to recently? That's really it, man. Like, other than just stuff that I always listen to. You know what I'm saying? I always go back and listen to Quali on a regular basis. That's yeah. my dude. Um, and you I, know, most Def is about to drop. Yeah. This retirement so, stuff. Yeah, so, like, I just, you know, I, I, I circle back through old stuff all the time. But, yeah, it's, it's probably most recent joints. Yeah. So, is there any mainstream artists that you, that you like? Like, you, like I'm, a fan of, I'm a fan of Cole. I think Cole is dope. Um, I'm a fan of Kendrick. I think Kendrick is dope. Um, I probably it's probably the only two I would say myself a fan of. Like I listen to other people, and I respect their art and their creativity, but like like voluntarily, like when it drops, I'm gonna purchase it. Like that's probably it right there, mainstream. Like everybody else, I listen to, and, you know, I'll stream it, but I probably haven't purchased it just because you know I, I'm not fans of that art. Like that, you know? yeah. Well, um, my last thing, my, this is my last question, man. What, what footprint do you want to leave as an artist? Man, um, I just want people to feel like I was always relevant and real when I made music, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, like, honestly, I want to have music where, like, you can listen to it 10 years, 15, 20 years later, and you feel like, man, that guy right there was talking about something and it was relevant for whatever time period, you know what I'm saying? Like, I try to make music that stands the test of time, and I want people to say when they heard me, they were hearing authenticity, and that's one thing I'm definitely working on um, to be more authentic, be more relevant, be more real. But um, I, I want people to be able to say that when they go back and listen to life, and, he, and, and positive. Like, I, I want them to feel like there's a constant flow of positivity coming through the, the mic when I'm on it. That's right. Um, so, uh, I definitely want that to be my calling card if, whenever I stop doing music. Okay. That's dope, man. Well, let everybody know your social media, where yeah. they can get at you at, uh, what they can look for, let them know. Yeah, GITheArtist.com is the website, so you can find everything you want to on there. But if you want to go directly to Twitter or Instagram, it's GI underscore M-A-G-U-S. That's GI Magus, GI underscore M-A-G-U-S. Facebook is GI Magus, you looked at, you know what I'm saying? I got a fan page on there, GI fan page. Uh, on Facebook, I'm not on Periscope or Snapchat or any of those other joints. Um, but if you if you find me on those places or SoundCloud, I'm on there. Uh, Bandcamp, I'm on there. Um, again, you can get me on iTunes, Google Play, pretty much any um, download site. I'm streaming on Spotify. I'm on Pandora. If you look up GI Magus, you will. Find, I promise you. Again, if you if you've not found me, you weren't looking because it's there. So GI Magus, Polish boy. Awesome man. Last thing, I want to thank you again personally for um, taking the time out to sit down with me. Yeah. Having this artist spotlight. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy doing artists from Birmingham because I have so much love and respect for everybody who performs here. No so um, we appreciate you. Yes, sir. And uh, I guess you guys will catch you next time. 
Stay woke. One love, peace. Hack it. Lock. Check. Uh, okay, verse number one. Let me stake my purpose. Kicking out these clouds, I turn my circle to a circus. And I'm certain it is. Homie, don't play that. They reach for defeat, then retreat like one, two, way back. Stay back. It ain't no telling how I may act. So, so cut the cute talk, shout, shout it. Cause you get the talking slick, and I might just have the trip. But, uh, this ain't the kind of party, boy. We in here trying to get it. Straight judo style. Heck it. BYK Radio.